Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I'll be your host. Today, you'll be hearing the audio from our live training session for the Brewery Financial Training Program. If you'd like to learn more about the Brewery Financial Training Program, you can click the link in the show notes or you can just go to carriesfinancialtraining.com and check out the course details. There are two flavors of the Brewery Financial Training Program. One is our general overview and the other is done in partnership with ECOS. So you can learn about financial training concepts and tactics and then how to apply them using the ECOS software. So the Brewery Financial Training Program is for owners, managers, and staff who need practical financial training to improve cash flow, profitability, and to build a better brewery business. The course includes 40 lessons delivered across six modules. We have a total of eight hours of instruction, six graded quizzes, and a final exam. So again, if you'd like to learn more, please head over to carriesfinancialtraining.com, check out the shop courses section, and you'll get all the details. So for now, please enjoy this live session of our Q&A for the Brewery Financial Training Program. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our live session on the Brewery Financial Training course. It is great to be with you here today. So we've set up these live sessions really for three purposes. One is to have an open forum so you guys can ask questions. And of course, you always have an open forum within the course. You can post in the comments section, and I read those every day so I can get back to you. Uh, but this is an opportunity for, to, for you to ask questions live if you have them. And it can be about the course material or really anything, any challenge you may be wrestling with in your brewery. So that's the first one, just a forum to ask questions, kind of keep you going on the course. Uh, the second is to review highlights of a particular section of the course, kind of present uh, the cliffs notes, if you will, a summarized version, and then give you some action items so you can implement uh, the course material in your business, because that's the whole idea is to take action and get results on the information that you're learning. And third, it's a place for me to share what I've learned recently, you know, something I've been working on that may be helpful for me to share and hopefully useful and profitable for you. So one quick thing I wanted to share is I'm, I'm working with a client on helping them prepare their budget, their financial forecast. And this is appropriate and relevant to today's topic since we're going to go over our brewery budgeting module. Uh, but some of the some of the things that I've learned not not terribly complex, but I think sometimes the simple things are are good to remember. They just simple things that work. And the first is really the power of a deadline. So when I first first started working with this client, um, they didn't really have a plan. They hadn't really done budgeting in the past. They didn't quite know where to start or where to finish. And so we started with just a very simple objective, and we said, well, let's let's set a deadline to get this thing done. You know, we don't know. We'll work through together the steps and so forth, but um, 
so at that time it was around mid-February and we and we just said I said why don't, why don't we set a date of the end of March that gives us six weeks plenty of time to kind of learn gather information and lo and behold they finished the budget yesterday so a week a little over a week early so the power of a deadline uh, can be very useful so if you're wrestling with creating your financial plan a good starting point can simply be look into the future set a deadline and then you can have your timelines and to-dos to get there. So the way we structured uh, our working relationship, me and this client, was you know we, we set the deadline, and then we had weekly check-ins. And I have have a series of models uh, that I shared with them, and that's what I'm partly what I'm going to share with you today in terms of creating all the different portions of the plan. We did weekly calls, you know, so each each week we would check in, how are you doing, what do you need help with, let's talk through where you might be stuck. So it provides some accountability and some guidance along the way. And the last thing I'll say is that, you know, I have a business coach myself and we do weekly check-ins and I find it very helpful. So I think, you know, accountability coupled with working with someone that, you know, has been there before, you know, can really help you achieve your goals. So I'll just put that out there. If anyone needs help with, you know, creating a specific, uh, specific financial plan, uh, reach out and see if I can help you. So our usual housekeeping items here, questions, comments can go in the chat area. I will uh, answer those as they come in. If you have any questions you'd like to ask me offline, you can email me, carry at beerbusinessfinance.com. I'm also happy to set up a short call if you have a question that doesn't lend itself to an email or the chat. Presentations of this uh, webinar will be available about an hour or so after the conclusion. You'll get a email with a link and you're free to share that with your team if anyone wants to watch. And in the upper right hand corner in our handout section, you can get a copy of this deck if you'd like. Just click the upper right hand and you can grab that there. So this is me. I'm Carrie Shumway, CPA, CFO, former CFO for a beer distributor, and I'm a current partner and CFO for Wormtown Brewery in Worcester, Massachusetts. So I've created you know, this online brewery financial training program to really kind of compress, you know, the 20 years of what I've learned in the business into, you know, about eight hours of course instruction delivered over about 40 modules. So trying to just shorten the learning curve for you guys and uh, help you create a financially successful beer business. So this is our third of four live training sessions. And the goal again is to kind of go through the highlights of each of the sections, cover some action items, answer your questions as we go. So in the first training, we covered the brewery financial statements, chart of accounts, general ledger, the big three financials, some models, you know, what your brewery financials could look like. So you have, you know, an idea of how to put yours together. In our second session, we talked about really two different things. One was common problems that you'd find on your financial statements, particularly inventory valuation, it's a very common problem. It can lead to all sorts of issues uh, in your business. Uh, accounts receivable, collections, uh, margin fluctuation and variances, very common problems there. And then we dug into cost of goods sold, really beer pricing, beer costing. Uh, so that was modules three and four. And then today we're going to talk about financial planning, the budget, the steps that you can take to create a financial plan, a financial roadmap for your brewery. And then next week, we'll conclude with our cash flow module, probably the most important one. So we save the best for last. And again, all those are available 
on demand. They're in the course as well. Um, so you can access them there and, and watch any replays if you uh, would like to do so. And my my weekly appeal here for those who have signed up for the Brewery Financial Training Program, uh, when you start, you do your course introduction. Uh, there's an introduce yourself section down at the bottom. If you would, if you haven't done so already, please click that. Tell me a bit about yourself. I'm most interested in really how I can help you, challenges uh, that you're facing, and the goals that you have for yourself for the course. You know, what do you want to learn? What do you want to get out of this? And that helps me a great deal uh, to create course content that's going to be most useful for you. So today, this is the overview of what we're going to talk about. We'll start with, and these are all the steps to create your financial plan. So we'll start with some best practices, just some things to think about. Always good to do a little bit of um, purposeful planning before diving into the deep end of the budgeting pool. Then we'll talk about the sales and margin plan, some ideas to get you started there operating expenses, all the details there from salaries through insurance and lease expense and all those goodies. Capital expenditure plan, that's our big ticket items. We're going to buy a new canning line, kegs, you name it. Uh, we would put those on our capital expense plan. And then our debt planning, loan schedules. What do we, what do we owe to the bank and what is our debt payment look like and how is that going to compare to the rest of our financial statements. So we, I like to look at uh, you know, net income and EBITDA compared to uh, what are outgoing debt payments. So basically money in compared to money out. And then lastly, tactics to train our department managers. And I think this one is um, something that could be really useful for folks. So once you create the plan, that's great. You know, you get everything down on paper, but engaging your team to activate the plan, to um, execute it, to make sure that we're staying in line with with our budgeted numbers. So really, you know, training folks in that concept of financial literacy. So our financial uh, planning best practices, you know, as I mentioned at the top, one of the one of the first things you can do and the easiest things you can do is set a deadline for when you want to have your plan done. So we're sitting here in the middle part of March. And, you know, it, I like to give a decent runway. You can certainly do it within a, a couple of days or a week if you really jam it through. But if you have some time to spread it out and you want to give it, you know, I like that six-week window. I think it's, you know, it's very achievable. So think about that. Planning outlines. What are your, what's your deadline? Work backwards from there. What are the timelines that you want to follow? Uh, the to-dos to keep you on task. So I'll go through some key questions, considerations, and some planning pitfalls uh, that you can avoid. You know, certainly, I've made a lot of, done a lot of budgets, made a lot of mistakes. Hopefully, made a few good ones along the way. So some key questions to ask. These are, I think, the two key questions. Is who, who is your audience? In other words, who is this financial plan for? And what are their needs or requirements? What are they looking for? What are they going to need to see in the plan? And that could be specific types of numbers, and it could be specific outcomes that they're going to need. So, for example, if you're creating the plan for a bank, you know they might need to see certain debt service coverage requirements, certain ratios. Uh, if you're doing it for, say, ownership, and there's an expectation for dividends or distributions, or even financial outcomes, this is another way to think about your budgeting is um, start with the end in mind. So consider having a net income goal. So having net income as a percentage of sales, say it's 5% or 10% as a goal, and then you can work backwards from there. But those are the key questions 
uh, when you're starting out is who is this for? What are their needs and requirements? And we want to make sure we get those into the plan. Some pitfalls to avoid. Often I find it helpful to learn what not to do as opposed necessarily to what to do because you can do the opposite. So uh, pitfalls to avoid, you know, timing is everything, starting too late or not finishing. So that does come back to deadlines and really, you know, getting it down on paper as to when you're going to start, when you're going to finish. And then it's easier to fill in what you do in between. Not involving the right people in the process. That simply means who, you know, who needs to be involved, you know, listing out, you know, do we want, we need someone from sales and finance, probably from admin, production, tap room. Who are the key players and make sure we think about that in advance and involve them in the process. Using poorly designed financial tools or information. So really giving some consideration as to what kind of models you're going to use. And that's a bit of what we'll talk about today with your everything from sales to operating expense models. Uh, fourth financial pitfall to avoid is not creating an actionable plan. So this is one that I would really underscore a few times is as we're creating the plan, we want to have actionable items baked into it. So for example, if our plan is to grow packaged product by 15%, you know, we want to know how that's going to happen, you know, which packages, which markets, who's going to sell it, what accounts are going to take it, um, what are our other goals around that particular, so we might, we talk about process goals and outcome goals. So the outcome is you know, we want to grow by 15%, but what process, what steps are we going to follow to get there? So maybe we have a, a target list of accounts. We have buy, no buy accounts, and we want to target those no buy accounts to take on this new package product, things like that. So really just baking in those actionable steps into our financial forecast. Another pitfall to avoid is not communicating what the plan is to those who need to know. And this comes back to, to some degree to training in engaging our department managers to assist with the execution of the financial plan. So communication is key. And whether that's, you know, you include them in the process and then everyone leaves with a copy of the financial plan uh, or there's reporting that goes out on a regular basis. But clearly once the plan is done, we want to make sure everybody knows what it is and they can see it, have regular access to it. So an action item for you Think about that deadline, then you can create your schedule of, of timelines and to-dos. And as we go through this, you might be able to think about our sales plan. Um, we would we would want that done first, and we'll do that in the first week, and then we'll work our way through the operating expense plan and, and so forth. So speaking of the sales plan, you know, really what we want is a process to forecast our sales and our portfolio margins. And depending on your path to market, taproom, self-distro, and wholesale, you may have one or three of these different routes that are going to require uh, templates that you use so that you can do your forecasting. So there's different metrics that are appropriate for each section as you go. So I would just consider uh, modeling these out separately in terms of taproom, self-distro, and through wholesale. I like to think about each section of the financial planning process in terms of probably these three or four things as, you know, tools, you know, what are we going to use? What kind of templates, models, is there specific software? What kind of team is going to be involved? You know, who needs to know, who needs to be included in this process? 
you know, what's the timing for this section of the plan and making sure that kind of fits into our master deadline. When are we going to start and finish the sales plan in this example? And then what information do we need to gather to make this process as efficient as possible? And I love historical numbers. So if you have those, I just really like to see trends, sales by supplier, brand, SKU, sales by wholesaler, by market, sales by retailer. You know, most good brewery management software, you'll be able to run that pretty quickly. Um, and if you have any market data, maybe you're working uh, with an industry expert and they can get you data on trends that are outside of your purview, stuff that's going on in the market, that can be helpful and inform the sales planning process as well. So I have some uh, sales plan templates in the course, and this is just an example of one of them that's there. Again, I like to plan. This one is a sales plan template uh, through wholesale. You can have a similar approach with self-distribution, and then Taproom is a little bit different just in terms of how we want to do those projections. But this is kind of what a template can look like, where we're just taking who are we selling to. In this case, we've got five wholesalers. And then what does that volume look like? So I like, again, historically, what did we do last year for volume? What was our growth last year? And what are we forecasting into the new year? And then just doing some very quick top-level projections. And then we can work down into the details after. Um, but starting, I think, relatively simple, uh, helps us kind of get our hands around this process. So this is where I like to start. And then I would drill down and look at this probably in a more granular way. So I'd look at each wholesaler. What did they purchase uh, last year, for example, uh, for different brands and packages? And then we can uh, forecast out based on each individual wholesaler and by each individual brand that we expect for them to buy for the new year. So lots of details in the sales. That's just a highlight of kind of where to start is, you know, gather your, your team, get your historical information, uh, consider using some of those models uh, to capture that information and project going forward. In the operating expense plan, this is really just a list of everything we're going to spend money on. And here again, I like to look historically, what did we spend? And then project that into the future. What's going to change going forward? And then obviously including our team, department managers, they're closest to the work, they're closest to what needs to be done, and ultimately closest to what we may be spending money on. So very important to get their input. And then creating supporting expense schedules for those line items that just require a little more detail. And the classic is payroll. So if we have payroll showing up as one or two or three line items on our income statement, and we want to have a supporting schedule that shows us how we arrived at that number. So all of our employees, pay rates, uh, how many hours they're going to work, for example, if there's any bonus structure, I like to just have a whole supporting schedule on that so that we can build up and support the expense. These are some other examples of what I call supporting schedules. So, so when I think about this, like the operating expenses section of our financial plan might be in a summarized uh, format. So we would just have maybe one line item for payroll and insurance and, and lease expenses and so forth. But there's more detail behind each of those numbers. So as I mentioned with payroll, we want to build that up, you know, really by individual employee and pay rates. For insurance, as an example, we might have different flavors of insurance, commercial insurance, health, workers comp. Each one um, could be subject to some variability. You know, we've got 
renewals coming at different times. So these are just ways to kind of structure it so we can say, all right, I have to reach out to our health insurance guy and see what he's or she's projecting for the new year. Same for our commercial insurance workers' compensation. So you can build those changes into your plan. Lease expenses, if you have multiple properties or locations or equipment, you might have, you know, your building lease, you might have multiple truck or forklift leases. So to schedule those out, that can be very helpful. So just some ideas here on how you could kind of add a little more beef to your operating expense plan by using these supporting schedules. And this is just a snapshot of what one way you can present your operating expense plan. This is by functional category. So by payroll, so we're listing everything under payroll, payroll tax, health and benefits, and so forth, occupancy and equipment, showing our lease and utilities and so forth. You can also do this by department. So rather than payroll and occupancy, you can do it by, say, admin department, sales and marketing, um, production and packaging, things of that nature, Wh whichever way is more useful for you. Um, but basically, we want to lay it out so we have all our functional uh, expenses here, and then to do it in a monthly format so that we we can do a 12-month budget. So capital expenditures, the big takeaway here is that I think often we don't put enough thought into what we're going to need to buy, when we're going to need to buy it, and how much it's going to cost. Because very often we'll say, oh, we don't really need much. We might need you know, a few kegs, and then we move on to the next thing. Um, so what I recommend doing is look historically at what you've spent. So if you've been in business for a while, you know, just look back three, four years and see what your spending has been. You know, often I will see um, a, a draft budget and someone say, well, we're not going to, we're going to spend about $25,000. And I'll say, well, what did you spend last year and the year before? And it's, you know, it's a factor of that. Maybe it's 125000 or 225000 each year. So we want to be honest with ourselves on this plan about what we might really need and, and dig a little deeper. So really listing out those fixed asset purchases, uh, giving this some time in the planning process, information gathering, again, talking with department team leaders, because again, they're usually closest to the equipment and the needs. You know, The conversation might um, reveal that we're really running short on kegs or sixtals. We Our forklift is just about to die. That truck that we thought was fine, the engine feels like it's about to go. So all these things that can come up really should be in the discovery process and, and built into our capital expense plan so we don't have any any surprises. So again, tips and starting points, just a very simple process. You know, what do we what do we need? When are we going to need it? How much is going to cost? We want to implement those purchase orders to ensure compliance. And really all that means is you know documenting the details of what we need, ensuring that we're getting competing quotes and that we're giving ourselves enough time, the lead time on orders uh, so that we can do all that due diligence. I also like to see a return on investment analysis if it makes sense. Uh, the classic example is the canning line. So if you're using a mobile canner, you know what that costs, and then just doing some quick math to determine if buying a canning line uh, would make sense and what the ROI or the return on that investment might look like. So just taking time with your CapEx planning uh, to avoid surprises and make sure we get what we need to properly run the business. And this is one of the spreadsheets that's available in the course where you can just download 
and fill in the details here. What do you want to buy and when? How much is it going to cost? And then we can marry that up to uh, whether we need to borrow money or if we're going to be using cash or a line of credit to pay for the items. So loan schedules and debt planning, this is an area I don't think gets enough attention in the financial planning process. We tend to focus on sales and expenses and debt planning kind of gets left to the side. So here I would just recommend if you have multiple loans uh, to pull them together on a schedule, list out what the aggregate of those loans are and specifically what uh, our debt service payments are, what our monthly payments are so that we can bake that into the overall financial plan. So really planning for those payments, planning for the cash flow impact, and then even layering in future loan needs. So you know what you have right now for debt, for loans, but planning going forward, what might you need to borrow, and then putting that on the loan schedule too, and identifying what that would look like for, from a cash flow perspective. So the loan basics, just some terminology. I, I tend to kind of rattle these off, but just to kind of push pause and slow down a little, you know, debt, that's what we owe. These are loans. Debt service, these are the payments on those loans, how much we need to pay on what we owe. So monthly or annual payments and P&I. Bank loans, term loans, lines of credit, these comes in, come in all sorts of different flavors. It could be money that we owe to shareholders, owners, or family. So debt is what we owe. Debt service is what we're going to pay on what we owe. That loan schedule is available in the download section. I re recommend grabbing that. If you have more than one, it's helpful just to list out all the details. Very often, you know, we'll, we'll go through the process of getting a loan. We'll have all this paperwork. Months will go by. We have no idea where the paperwork is. So when we're doing the loan, if we just list out the details, and the details can be as simple as you know, what's the bank, what was the principal amount, what's the interest rate, what's the term on this, and obviously what's my monthly payment and and maybe as importantly is what is this loan for because very often if we have multiple loans we'll forget okay that loan goes with that truck okay so listing out some of those details can be very helpful the payment schedule a debt service schedule otherwise known as an amortization schedule is a great way to summarize your monthly payments of principal and interest and can be a a, a good cash flow planner so there's lots of free amortization schedule tools online. If you go online and just search amortization schedule, uh, debt schedule, uh, there's a lot of good interactive tools you can use to, to build those up. So really the, the takeaway is for each loan to have a, an amortization schedule that lists out the, the principal and interest payments. And that again is going to help inform your cash flow planning. This is just a snippet of the loan schedule that's in the download section. I have lots and lots of different um, categories, different details you could track. So here we have the bank, the name of the bank. We have the loan description, you know, what we're financing, the loan number, the general ledger it corresponds to, and on and on. So you don't need to fill out any everything on this list, but it's kind of just a comprehensive checklist, and you can pick and choose uh, what are the important things for you to track. But I think, you know, clearly uh, some some basic details are important, such as the ones I've mentioned. So best practices with loan schedules and debt services really is to have a debt plan, is to spend some time with the loans that you have, understand how they impact cash flow, look towards the future in terms of uh, what additional money you might need to borrow, 
And that, again, is going to be informed by your capital expense plan. So if you go through and, and realize you you need about $60,000 to buy new things, that may require a new loan, which we'd want to get on this, this future debt schedule. And then lastly here is just understanding if you have bank covenants. And the best way to answer that question is if you have a loan is to call your bank and say, all right, talk me through um, the terms of this. Do I have bank covenants? What are they? How are they calculated? Typically, a covenant will be, it's a financial promise that you make to the bank. So you promise you're going to pay the money back. And then you also promise to hit certain financial outcomes. And that's usually a, a debt service coverage ratio. So they just want to look at what is the debt that you have to pay and how does that compare to a financial metric such as EBITDA on your financial statements. Tactics to train department managers. So in this section, really just talking about how to give our department managers financial budget responsibility, how to train, educate folks, how to communicate information, and how to show them how to use reporting tools for the purpose of review and analysis. So a lot of times we'll say, I'd love to have my department managers have this budget responsibility. And that's great to say it, but there's there's more that goes in into that. There's, there's time and effort involved in uh, educating the team on how that works and in setting up systems so that people get the right amount of information and expectations so they know really what to do. So as part of that process, really defining what you want your managers to be responsible for. And, you know, they can think about their department as like a mini business. They can even create like a, a mini P&L uh, for just their section. So understanding the financial results of their specific department, understanding what capital expenses are, how that kind of factors into the financials. You can even talk about key metrics on that financial shorthand. So if there are critical numbers, uh, that's an easier way uh, to get folks into that, that training process. And then what's the frequency with which you want them to uh, report on their information? It could be on a weekly basis where you, maybe you're doing weekly financial meetings. Maybe there's a monthly review, some kind of analysis, some kind of summarized report that you're asking folks uh, to talk about. Maybe it's just variance analysis. Here's your budget for expenses. If you go over, you know, we need some notation on, you know, what happened and what's going to happen going forward. Access to data and information is important as well. So if you're asking folks to take budget responsibility, uh, we need to make sure they have the information so that they can uh, do the proper analysis. So education, training, communication, we, we would fold all this under the umbrella of financial literacy, that ability to read and understand the financial numbers of our brewery business, and to uh, some extent business literacy. So that's really panning back on understanding not just their department, but the business as a whole. You know, how does this how does this business work? How does it make money? What is what is sales doing? What what do margins mean? How does that interplay with my department? What's going on in the in the market itself? Uh, what's going on in our industry? And that even you know, you can fold in legislative uh, things that are going on, state laws. There's a lot to talk about there. But so beginning with financial literacy is here are the numbers of your department. How do you read them? 
setting up those systems uh, so that we're properly tracking this information. And then that two-way communication uh, to and from their team and to and from the, their manager or ownership. Uh, th these are all part of that education, training, uh, and communication. So reporting tools for review and analysis. Uh, we get into this in the course, some examples of the kind of the nitty gritty of what this looks like. So department level, P&L, uh, key metrics, uh, the detailed general ledger. So really what we need to make sure as an ownership or as a management team before we roll into this is that we've got our systems set up so that we can properly report on departmental level expenses and PL tracking. So for example, if we're asking our head brewer to be in charge of the brewing department, we want to be able to quickly run a report of just that person's departmental information. We don't, we don't need to give him everything. We just want to focus on, you know, what's in that particular department. Likewise, you know, if we're looking at the sales department, we don't want to give her everything. We want to make sure it's just the sales department operating expenses. So it's not terribly hard, but we want to consider setting up our financial reporting so that we can get them uh, the information that they need and just the information they need. Um, and that goes for the detailed general ledger too, the detailed transactions, everything that's flowing through uh, their individual departments. And this is an example of what that can look like. Um, so what we've got here is uh, an example of our taproom. So we're giving our taproom manager just the expenses relative to the taproom. We're showing a description of what each expense is. We're going to do this on a month-to-date, year-to-date basis and show what the actual expenses were compared to the budget. And if there are any variances, what those are. And then we'll have a detailed general ledger to support so they can look in and say, okay, it looks like maintenance expense was over is over budget year-to-date by $1,400. What's causing that variance? And that would be the responsibility of the taproom manager to track that down and figure out what happened and determine if that's just a one-off problem, if we're going to get back on track, things of that nature. But that's, that's a tool that I like to use. The critical numbers and key metrics can be used to supplement uh, that financial responsibility by department. So we've talked about you know, key metrics in the past where taproom key metric might be how many customers are coming in on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? What's the average spend? How could we move those numbers in order to increase overall taproom sales? You know, brewing might be raw material costs per barrel, or how well are we controlling those costs? How well do we understand them? And so forth. So really kind of digging in on each department, I like to have each department have at least one, if not two or three critical numbers that they're watching. So in, in addition to, you know, here's your mini department PL. Here are the expenses rolling through. These critical numbers can be helpful uh, as, again, a financial shorthand, easy to track, measure, and understand how they can influence those numbers. So that is a flyby of our module on brewery budgeting financial planning. So we covered those best practices. Again, uh, this, the simplest thing you can do is if you don't have a plan and you want one, you just set a deadline and then you work from there. That's that famous quote, nothing focuses the mind like a deadline. So if you set that deadline, you're much more likely to get there. 
your sales and margin planning using some models uh, to start plugging in some numbers and doing your forecasting there. Operating expense plan, kind of the same idea. You know, just looking through those major expense categories and setting up supplemental schedules to build up those numbers. Capital expense plan, just spending, giving this enough time. What are we going to need to buy? How much? What are we going to need to buy it? And that all-important question, where how are we going to pay for it? Are we going to need to borrow money or do we have cash? Do we have an equipment line of credit set up? That leads us to our debt planning, understanding what you have for debt now, what you have for your debt service and how that's going to impact your cash flow. And again, thinking about layering in any future debt that you might need to take on in the new year or in your new budget cycle. And then lastly, training your department managers. It can be one of the best things you can do, really you know, engaging other members of your team, teaching them about the business, teaching them about financial literacy. And a really great way to do that is through open book management. You can do ver various uh, degrees of that, but certainly that can be uh, a great way to teach financial literacy. Um, so with that, I think we will wrap it up. And I will say thank you for your time and attendance. It's a pleasure being here with you. So again, any questions, comments, feedback, I'd love to hear them. Um, the course, as you know, is on demand. Uh, you can take it as quickly or as slowly as you like. Um, so take your time. If you have questions, comments, go ahead and hit me in there, and I'd love to love to hear from you via email or um, in the comment section. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.